at Jared. We know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Vox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrude. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrude. I am your host. Tonight, uh, we've got a fun little show. We're going to kind of go over the, the weekend, uh, what's, uh, what's coming up in the games this week. Uh, give you... Uh, a few starts and a few sits for those games. Uh, we're going to go over all the injury news because uh, there's a lot of it this week. Um, a lot of hopeful people to play and then some that uh, won't be playing and one that finally, ooh, the news is over. So uh, with all that being said, uh, let's go ahead and get into the headlines. Today's headlines. All right. <clears throat> Starting it off, just to get this over with and done, finally, 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 Le'Veon Bell did not report today by the dead, or was it yesterday, since today is Wednesday, yesterday by the deadline, therefore making it so that he cannot play the entire 2018 season, meaning all James Conner fans are officially rejoicing, me included, because that means you have the number three running back in fantasy right now who is not going to lose any of his snaps unless he gets injured. Hallelujah. All right. Now that we don't have to talk about Le'Veon Bell for the rest of the season, let's go ahead and move on to more important things. Uh, Patriots' Rob Gronkowski is set to return uh, once they come off the bye. However, Dwayne Allen is injured and will be silent for a bit. Um, Hopefully he'll be able to come back right after the right after the the bye week. When it comes to Gronk, I've seen a couple different places. Um, we, you know, I've kind of said this the last couple of weeks as well. Trade Gronk while you can. I don't think he is going to get much healthier in the season. I know they're going to use him a lot down the stretch, but with how much he is getting beaten up, I don't know how much more punishment he can take. He is probably going to retire after this year with how bad his back has been this year. So it's kind of my two cents. Um, if you've got him, yeah, you probably have to start him up when he comes back from by. I just, if you can get something for him, I would do it at this point, especially with, I think the ESPN trade deadline is the 21st, which is like next Wednesday. So if you do it by then, go ahead and get it done. Uh, Stefan Diggs told NFL's NFL networks, Ian Rappaport that he participated in Monday's practice. Looks like he will be good to go for this weekend's game. Uh, against uh, who is who's Minnesota playing? Minnesota is playing at Chicago. That'll be a good game. That's right. That's Sunday Night Football. So, um, Aaron Rodgers believes the Packers quote need to continue to give Aaron Jones more opportunities. All of fantasy football Twitter would agree that Aaron Jones all season. Everyone's been saying Aaron Jones is the better fantasy running back for Green Bay, and it's about time 
that people on the Packers started realizing that as well. Uh, I really hope that, you know, in, in the Thursday night game that Aaron Jones isn't all that great. I hope that basically anyone, especially anyone with the first name Aaron, is not that great being a Seahawks fan. But anyways, moving on. Kiki Kuti uh, believes that there's a high possibility he returns for Week 11 against the Redskins. Um, I'm not sure what to think about this one. I'm hoping he's back. It'll be interesting to see what kind of usage he gets uh, with Demarius Thomas now in the fold. He kind of went back and forth um, when he was healthy and uh, and uh, Will Fuller was also healthy. So that's kind of, you know, something to watch. I don't know necessarily what to, what to think of this. Um, he is still on waivers because someone just dropped him in, my, in one of my leagues. So I'm considering picking him up. Uh, don't know if I'll play him kind of back and forth. I, I'm projected by, to lose by enough of this, and I may play him just for the, you know, take a shot at it. So um, Aaron Rodgers is uh, working on short practice. Uh, he will play this week. Randall Cobb, Kevin King, um, and a few other people did not practice. So Randall Cobb is out for this week against the Seahawks. Uh, some more work for uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, Jimmy Graham, I believe, was officially taken off of the injury report, so he will be good to go uh, in a game against his former team. Um... Let's see. Monday night's Chiefs-Rams game uh, was being, is now has been moved from Mexico City to Los Angeles due to poor field conditions in Estadio Azteca, in uh, Azteca Stadium in Mexico City. Uh, the reason for the problem with the field is because they, I, I believe it was a Shakira concert just basically tore up the field completely. So, um, well, this is a defense one. Bradley McDougald said his knee is feeling much better and should be good to play Thursday. That is a big deal, especially going up against Green Bay. That could cause a little bit of trouble for the, um, the uh, Green Bay receivers. McDougal's been an absolute uh, beast this year when he's been healthy and on the field. Almost feels like we haven't really taken that much of a step back um, since Bradley McDougal moved into that or moved into that strong safety spot with um, with Cam Chancellor retiring. Uh, yeah, we got to that Randall Cobb. It didn't even travel to Seattle, so he is he is not playing in this game uh, Thursday night. Nick Mullins will remain the 49ers starter moving on for, for now. Um, let's see. Okay, the Athletics' Jeff Zerbiak reports that the Ravens have continually mentioned Robert Griffin III as a candidate to start this week. It's kind of interesting to me. I, you know, it's, it's interesting that they would go with uh, Robert Griffin III. Baltimore is playing against Cincinnati. It'll be at home, so that'll be helpful. I think it would it, be good for them to use Robert Griffin III as, a, as the veteran um, who has a little more playing experience. Um, I still think that they're going to use Lamar Jackson in the packages, you know, Wildcat and that kind of stuff like they have been. Uh, but Jackson may actually get some some time this week. Again, all of this is speculative because we don't know for sure how bad Flacco's hip has been injured. So as of right now, uh, all the reports have been saying Flacco doesn't need to practice, but if he's healthy enough to play Sunday, he's going to play. We don't know really much of anything right now. 
All we do know is that Baltimore is going up against one of the worst defenses in the NFL, if not the worst defense in the NFL, uh, with Cincinnati, and it'll be at home in Baltimore. So this really could be a huge game for Baltimore anyways. Texans coach Bill O'Brien tells reporters that running back Donta Foreman uh, will practice um, practiced earlier today. His 21-day window opens for a possible return. Um, for those of you who can get Donta Foreman, have the space on your roster, uh, you know, maybe look at doing that. Uh, I, do, I don't have space on my roster right now um, with having three guys. Uh, on one roster, I don't have well, the one roster that he's available in the league. I have uh, James White, David Njoku, and uh, Brett or and Nick Chubb all on bye week. So I don't have a whole lot of extra room on my bench right now. So maybe next week, if no one's picked him up, I may uh, I may do that. So um, here's a little quick note on the on the Seahawks backfield. We um, I talked a little bit about this in our last podcast with the waiver wire show. Uh, if you read my waiver wire articles that I wrote this week, I did one for quarterbacks, one for running backs and one for wide receivers. Sorry, I didn't get to the tight ends this week, but you know, honestly, let's, let's be totally clear. The, the tight end position is an absolute um, junk heap uh, in terms of waiver wire. If the, if, if there's a tight end on the waiver wire, there's a reason that he's there. And there's not, you don't have a whole lot of hope. So, anyways, back to the Seahawks. Uh, first round pick Rashad Penny saying that he said that he's feeling lighter on his feet than he did earlier in the season. Hopes to earn the coach's trust to play more on third downs. Um, hopefully, this game that he had on Sunday will give him will kind of uh, be a little bit uh, of a of a push to get him more involved. Mike, the problem is. Chris Carson's healthy. Chris Carson's an absolute beast running the ball, especially behind that line. Mike Davis has been phenomenal filling in for Chris Carson. Um, it's just, honestly, it's nice to see Rashad Penny doing what he is doing. Now, what this could mean is that next year, Mike Davis is no longer with the team, and it's just Carson and Penny, and that, you know, that would be an absolutely phenomenal dynamic duo um, going on next year. But for right now, I would, you know, if you can stash Penny, Go ahead and stash him. I've got him stashed in one league for now. Um, I may have to drop him depending on how how things shake out the next couple of weeks. But um, let's see. Big news for the Chargers. Coach Anthony Lynn says that star pass rusher Joey Bosa is going to practice in a limited capacity. Uh, may need some time to get into football shape, but Joey Bosa is getting ready to torment uh, quarterbacks. They're, the Chargers defense has been pretty solid all year. So, um, you know, adding Bosa to that could be really devastating for, for some teams, especially in the AFC West. Uh, Jordy Nelson with his knee could miss week 11 against the Cardinals. There's been rumors that he was going to retire midseason, like on Monday that he was going to retire. Um, obviously, that hasn't happened yet. We'll kind of see how this goes. But uh, the Raiders have been absolutely awful. So, um, you know, Jordy Nelson has been not non-existent, basically, since the Amari Cooper trade. So he, this, I mean, not necessarily fantasy relevant anyways. 
Bengals coach Marvin Lewis said he hopes to have A.J. Green for Sunday's game with Baltimore. This is a lot quicker turnaround than a lot of people were thinking were going to happen was going to happen with A.J. Green. If this is the case, this is good for A.J. Green owners, as well as this is huge for Tyler Boyd owners because Boyd cannot do it on his own. He needs to be able to run most of his from the slot, most of his stuff from the slot. And if A.J. Green's pulling the number one corner, well, then that's going to open up Boyd for a whole lot more mismatches. So definitely something to keep an eye on. This, Like I said, this is great for not only A.J. Green owners, but also for Tyler Boyd owners. And for anyone who possibly is considering streaming Andy Dalton, but this is not the week to do it against Baltimore. James Conner was a full participant in practice today. Says he feels good. Declined to say if he was actually diagnosed with a with a concussion. This has been what's interesting, is that he would that Conner was never actually officially diagnosed, as far as anyone knows, with a concussion. They basically just took him out early in the game because they were absolutely uh, was it last Thursday because they were kicking the snot out of Carolina. Um and uh. And so, you know, he was he was treated for a possible concussion, and then they took him out of the game. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, Chris Godwin ankle didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, if Godwin doesn't play, Humphreys is going to be huge for this next week. Ronald Jones returned to limited practice, but he hasn't been fantasy relevant at all this year. Uh, Chris Carson was officially removed from the Week 11 injury report, meaning he is ready to go which muddies up the waters a little bit for um, for the Seahawks uh, running backs, but Chris Carson will be the lead runner in that group. Um, Kiki Kuti did practice on Wednesday, limited with his hamstring, but did practice a little bit. Um, yes, Jimmy Graham was officially removed from the Week 11 injury report, and I believe that's it for the injuries. So let's go ahead. Um, we're going to hop into the uh, rundown for this weekend, um, starting with the Thursday night game. So let's get going. All right. So the rundown this week is, is you know, as always, brought to you by StatRoute. Um, I've, you know, I can't say enough about StatRoute and about this service. Uh, we've been using it basically all year. Um, the the way that you are able to um, set up your stats, set up the kind of the filters to, to mix and match to see who you actually want to use during a week is, has been phenomenal. Uh, again, you guys, you need to go to statroute.com, uh, use the promo code SKULKINGFF. You'll get 25% off your monthly subscription. I think it's regular price, like 10 bucks. Um, with the promo code, it's like 750 Again, like I've said over and over, that's cheaper than a cup of coffee and a sandwich at a coffee shop. So seriously, Go to statrep.com. Use the promo code SkulkingFF. These stats are going to help you. The way that you can compare everything, or this is going to help you um, get through the play, get to the playoffs and through the playoffs. So, um, again, go to statrep.com. Check them out. And again, use this, the promo code SkulkingFF. All right. So, starting with the first game, Green Bay at Seattle. As far as um, who to play, not and not to play. Um, you're obviously going to start whichever Seattle running back is starting. Um, this is going to be Chris Carson. Carson's going to be a must play in this game. Uh, I still think that Wilson 
is a startable quarterback. He has been coming on of late. Um, and Tyler Lockett, I think, in PPR, especially if your league has return yardage, uh, he is a flex. He is a flex-worthy player. And for the most part, that's about it from the Seahawks. Um, as far as the Packers go, you're going to start Aaron Rodgers. You're going to start Aaron Jones. Um, the Seattle defense has been pretty good against, uh, actually pretty dang good against the pass. I think where they've actually struggled the most this season uh, is actually against the run. Let me take a look at that real quick. So, yeah, Seattle's uh, basically middle of the road in terms of uh, rushing yards per game, but they're towards the bottom of the pack. Uh, they're giving up five yards per carry. Um, so not exactly great. So that, you know, that should be pretty good for uh, Aaron Jones in this game. As far as the pass yardage goes, um, let me real quick pull that one up. The passing defense, uh, Seattle is top seven in terms of yards given up. Um, yards per game, they are number seven and giving up only 228 pass yards a game. However, they're going up against Aaron Rodgers, who um, over the last 10 years is the number one quarterback in terms of fantasy points per game against the Seahawks in the regular season. So um, you, you're also going to want to start, I mean, you're going to start Adams and Valdez Scantling, I believe, as a start in this game. Jimmy Graham, I think, is kind of a back and forth. If you don't have any other options, then, yeah, you're going to start Jimmy Graham. But I wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy Graham does get shut down a little bit in this game due to the athleticism of the, uh, of the Seattle linebackers. So, all right, moving on to the next game. Dallas at Atlanta. Um, as far as the visiting team, Dallas goes, Dak Prescott, I, I stated last uh, last episode that he, I believe he is a streamable quarterback this week. Uh, there are no receiving options that I like. Amari Cooper may be flex-worthy. He's starting to get more integrated in that offense. But there's no tight end I want from, from them. I don't want any other wide receiver from them. Really, the only people that I would want in this game are going to be possibly Dak Prescott streaming against a defense that has lost both of its free safeties. And I believe Deion Jones may be back or maybe coming close to coming back. And then Ezekiel Elliott, who can run the ball like crazy. Um, that's really it as far as you're going to get from, from Dallas. Uh, from Atlanta, you're starting Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, I believe, is second in the league or maybe third in the league in terms of total pass yards. Um, you know, when he's got the weapons like Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, uh, Muhammad Smoo is even, you know, has even been semi-solid this year. Uh, Hooper is brought is come on a little bit. Plus, you've got Tevin Coleman who can catch the ball out of the back out of the backfield. Uh, the defense for Dallas has been pretty tough um, this year. Let me actually pull that. Um, their their defense is actually seventh in the league, uh, but the Atlanta Falcons' offense is sixth in the league. So, um, while the Falcons don't run the ball all that well. Tevin Coleman can catch the ball out of the backfield, so that helps Tevin Coleman there. So, really, the main weapons in Atlanta, you're starting no matter what. There's really no one I'm fading in this game for the most part. Um, maybe Tevin Coleman, again, if you have better options uh, with some of the bye weeks this week, Tevin Coleman is definitely, I believe, a running back to, yeah, right about that running back to uh, spot. So, 
Um, I don't feel great about starting Austin Hooper. Uh, I would like to have a better option to start uh, for tight end. But if, you know, again, if that's your option, um, you know, you really, there's no one on the waiver wire that I really like um, to be better than him this week. So moving on to the next game. Uh, Cincinnati at Baltimore. If AJ Green is back, this could be pretty, this could be pretty good for um, Andy Dalton. Again, I don't really like Andy Dalton in this game, especially being away in Baltimore. Baltimore's defense is, I believe, one of the top defenses of the, of the season. Um, uh, Boyd could have a, a decent game. I like Boyd in this game. Um, going up against a secondary receiver if, or secondary quarterback corner, if A.J. Green plays. If A.J. Green doesn't play, I don't like anyone, anyone on the Cincinnati uh, offense, not even Joe Mixon. Um, in terms of Baltimore, if Joe Flacco doesn't play, um, really there haven't been a whole lot of options to go with. John Brown uh, has faded a little bit over the last few weeks. So it's, you know, Brown's not necessarily the best option. I mean, it's possible that through this bye week, they've, they've worked on getting him a little more a little more involved. Uh, well, not necessarily more involved. I mean, he's had over the last four weeks before the um, before the the bye week, uh, he had three targets for two receptions, twenty eight yards. Then he blows up against New Orleans for seven for seven, a uh, hundred and thirty four yards and a touchdown. And then uh, what was it the the next week? Three catches on seven targets for twenty eight. Uh, three catches on six targets for 15 yards. So really he's, you know, we'll see what kind of involvement they can get for him going into um, kind of the second half of the season for them. But I think he's more of a, because of how bad the Cincinnati defense is, he's, he's a wide receiver three. Um, if Flacco doesn't play, he's more of a flex option, more of that flex kind of a spot. Um, with, I think, the, the wide receiver three upside. Um, and that's about it. I don't like uh, – I'd maybe give Alex Collins flex-worthy ability. I haven't seen anything from Ty Montgomery to know what to do with him yet because he hasn't – I mean, this will be his first week actually um, active with the Browns. So um, that's kind of where I'm going on that game. All right, moving on to the next game. Um, uh, let's see. It is Carolina at Detroit. So starting with the visiting team, you're going to start Cam Newton. You're, I think that this will be a bit of a bounce back game for Carolina. Start Cam Newton. Uh, obviously you're going to start Christian McCaffrey because he's been an absolute stud as well. Um, I don't, uh, typically Detroit in the past over the past few years has been horrible um, defending tight ends, so which could be a good thing for Greg Olson. I have not actually, honestly, I'll be honest, I have not dug in too far into how uh, Detroit has done this year so far against tight ends. Um, I just know historically they're pretty bad against tight ends, so that could be, a, you know, could be a struggle there. I really don't like any of the other wide receivers. I think it's too much of a, of a boom or bust crapshoot. Um, especially with Detroit only giving up 229 passing yards a game. On the other side of the ball, I think that Matthew Stafford could have a bit of a bounce-back game in this one. Carolina has been pretty bad against the pass. Uh, we really saw that last week 
Um, they are actually in the bottom third of the league, giving up 258 passing yards a game. Um, I have not seen any other updates on Marvin Jones, um, but this could be a really, really big game uh, for Kenny Galladay. Let me see what it's... Um, Jones did not practice Wednesday, so um, it looks like this could be an absolutely huge game for uh, Kenny Galladay because he basically would be the only wide receiver. So he could get he could finish with 15 targets in this game. Finished with 13 last week after Marvin Jones went out in the halfway through the third quarter. So uh, Kenny Galladay could be in for an absolutely huge game. As far as carry on Johnson, let me look at the the rush defense for Carolina. They're only giving up 4.4 yards per carry. That's right about uh, right about middle of the pack um, yards per game. Carolina is only it's giving up less than 100 rushing yards per game. So um, I think that this may be more of a passing game for. Uh, Detroit, this could be a game where Stafford breaks out again a little bit. We see more of the vintage Stafford um, throwing the ball to Galladay to uh, maybe some carry on Johnson out of the backfield as well as maybe Theo Riddick getting a little more involved. So that's, uh, that's where I'm going with this one. Moving on, Tennessee at Indiana. As far as the visiting team goes, I like Marcus Mariota as a streaming option in this one. I picked him up in my 14-team league to play him this week. Um, I think that he could have a very solid game against uh, the Indianapolis defense, who, let's be honest, they haven't been, they haven't been great. Uh, in terms of passing yards, they're 21st uh, in total passing yards, giving up 268 yards. Against. So they're giving up much more than Carolina. Uh, yeah, you know, they're in that bottom third also, um, in yards per game. Uh, they don't have, let me see. They don't have a whole lot of interceptions, do they? Indianapolis. They've got nine. So they're, you know, top third in terms of inter, uh, interceptions, 21 sacks. Uh, looks like that's, uh, on the higher end of the middle of the road. So I think that this could be an okay game for, for the Carolina defense. I mean, for the, sorry, for the Indianapolis Colts defense, getting all my games mixed up here. Um, but Deion Lewis has been electric. I still am not a believer in Derrick Henry. I think that he is desperation play for bye weeks only. Deion Lewis is startable, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, Corey Davis is starting to show some things, showing some life. He is a wide receiver three with wide, wide receiver two upside, I believe, in this game. Uh, and Jonu Smith has finished the last two games with a touchdown. So he is on the streaming radar. I still wouldn't trust him unless you absolutely have no other, no other option. As for Indianapolis, you're starting luck. Luck has been on fire this year. However, the Tennessee defense could be, could stop him up a little bit this, uh, in this game. Uh, they basically shut down the New England offense, uh, but with with Luck's ability to basically throw it to anyone uh, using both Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron. Ebron, I believe, is on pace for 18 touchdowns on the season, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and if he can get the ball out to, to T.Y. Hilton, um, plus pass the ball out of the backfield to Neheim uh, Hines and uh, Marlon Mack, I don't see Marlon Mack getting a whole lot of 
running going in this game but could catch the ball out of the backfield. I don't see him as a running back one. I see him as a running um, mid to low running back two in this game simply because of Tennessee's defense. So, other, But, I mean, that's I think that gives you a good rundown for that game. Moving on, Pittsburgh at Jacksonville. I hope you guys don't mind how fast I'm going through this. So, um, Pittsburgh at Jacksonville. I'm not starting Ben Roethlisberger if I don't have to because Ben Roethlisberger, for the most part, over his career, does not travel well and does not play well on the road. I really like James Conner in this game. The uh, the um, defense for um, the Jacksonville Jaguars has not been all that great on the ground. They are middle of the road, giving up 118 yards per game, um, Yeah, which is right about the middle of the road. Uh, Jackson, they've only caused two fumbles. Um, and they've given up seven touchdowns. So that's usually enough of a window for for uh, for James Conner to have a really big game. I think that they focus on him in this one. As far as the pass defense for Jacksonville, um, you know they're usually towards the top of the towards the top of the list uh, in terms of how well their their defense plays. They're averaging only giving up 200 yards passing per game. Um, and so I think that this could be a little bit of a tough game for Ben Roethlisberger, possibly for uh, Antonio Brown. However, on the other side of the ball, uh, with A.J. Bouye, it very well could be that because uh, I know that he's been in and out. I haven't seen a recent update on how he's doing for this week. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster could be in for a semi-decent game. So the Jacksonville defense does play very, very well, plays very, very tough. So, um, again, I look at this more of a game where they, the, uh, the Steelers are going to focus on James Conner and using him in this game. Uh, as far as the Jacksonville Jaguars, I mean, their best wide receiver, you're looking at probably D.D. Westbrook um, at this point. Uh, he could get something going. They're going to run the ball with Leonard Fournette. I think that Fournette could have a pretty decent game. The Steelers' defense in terms of uh, against the run um, has been pretty good. Uh, only given up 90.8 yards per game. Uh, only had three, only given, uh, or only caused three fumbles so far. Given up six touchdowns, four yards a carry. Leonard Fournette is a little bit of that kind of upper echelon runner, so he could, you know, he'll be more on the higher end of that. So I think that Fournette is definitely a must-start in this game as well. Uh, I'm not starting Blake Bortles. I really don't want to start D.D. Westbrook unless I absolutely have to. And there are no tight ends on that on Jacksonville that make me feel comfortable at all. So moving on. Uh, Tampa Bay at the New York football giants. Uh, I definitely like Ryan Fitzpatrick in this game. The Giants' uh, defense against the pass. Let's see if I can find New York Giants, middle of the road, 245 yards per game, uh, given up 12 touchdowns, only had six interceptions, only sacked the quarterback 10 times. That's what, the second worst. Um, and so I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is could – be in for a very big game here, which means that Mike Evans could be in for a big game, Deshaun Jackson. Chris Godwin, if he's healthy, could be in for a good game. If Godwin doesn't play, 
uh, Adam Humphreys is a guy to to jump on because before last week he had had 27 uh, um, targets in the previous three games. Uh, this last week, Fitzpatrick focused a little more on Chris Godwin. Godwin finished with seven catches for 107 yards. So, uh, so that's kind of where I'm going there. Uh, there's no uh, OJ Howard is a is a must start. He is, I believe, tight end number seven in PPR right now. As far as the New York Giants go, you start Saquon Barkley, you start Odell Beckham. I think that Sterling Shepard is a wide receiver three. Evan Ingram, I am starting him in one league simply because I've got David Njoku on bye. He hasn't been all that great, but I don't think that's more his fault. If you look at really the way he really broke out his rookie year, which was, I believe, last year, uh, Odell Beckham and the other top three wide receiver or top two wide receivers on the Giants were all gone, so they had no one else to throw to but Evan Ingram. Now that they've got healthy bodies, uh, Ingram's not going to get as much of a of a workload, and they've got Saquon Barkley running the ball, which um, Manning does a lot of drop offs or dump offs to Barkley as well. So uh, for me, Evan Ingram is a tight end. Back end tight end one, top you know top end tight end two. I don't really trust him yet. He just hasn't had enough playing time with his injuries. Moving on, Houston at Washington. Uh, looking at Washington's defense, um, let's see. Against the pass, they are giving up 270 yards per game through the air. Uh, quarterback giving up a quarterback rating of twenty or of ninety three point three. Um, given up, uh, only had nine interceptions, given up 15 TDs. They do have 25 sacks. They haven't been able to get to the quarterback a bit. And with the Houston Texans, their offensive line is kind of beat up enough that uh, Deshaun Watson may be taking a couple sacks in this game. Uh, he's already on pace for like 60-some sacks, I believe. So, uh, But I do like Deshaun Watson to throw all over the Redskins. Lamar Miller is definitely a start right now. Donta Foreman is not healthy enough yet. I think that he may come in towards playoff time. Depending on how well he's able to run the ball, he actually took over for Lamar Miller at one point last year. So if he can get healthy enough, that may be a possibility again this year. But for right now, Lamar Miller, for the most part, has run pretty well as of late. So I, I see him having a, a semi-decent game this week. DeAndre Hopkins is still going to be a target monster, especially if Kiki Kuti can't go. Uh, if he can, I still think that he is the number two for now um, above Demarius Thomas simply because of the familiarity with the offense. But DeAndre Hopkins should eat in this game. As far as um, the Redskins uh, going for them, looking at the Houston defense, especially against the pass. Houston, Houston, Houston. Let me find it here. Uh, they're you know, kind of middle of the road, 13th, um, giving up 243 pass yards a game, but Alex Smith doesn't throw for that many since he doesn't have um, Tyreek Hill or Kareem Hunt on his team anymore. Uh, as far as the Houston run defense goes, looking at this for, they are sixth in the league, giving up only 836 yards, 92.9 uh, yards per game on the ground. So this could be a little bit of a rough game for Adrian Peterson. Uh, 
I don't know. As last time I checked, Chris Thompson is going to be out. Most likely will be out this game. Jamison Crowder is going to be out this game, which means for me, the number one wide receiver to use for the Redskins is going to be Maurice Harris. Um, over the last two games, he has had, I want to say it's 15 catches for about 175 yards uh, right in that ballpark. I think that he could be in for another, especially if, if Houston can get up on Washington where they have to pass the ball. Harris could be in for another 10 to 12 targets in this game with uh, you know maybe eight catches uh, for about 75 yards. Possibly, if he can get in the end zone, it's even better. So he's definitely flex-worthy in uh, PPR games, but that would be it. Uh, that's about it for of what I like from the Redskins. Jordan Reed, back end tight end one. He's kind of that tight end kind of 10 to 13 range in my rankings, I believe. So um, I think that he's still usable. I'm just not big on him uh, as far as this year goes. This next game is a bit of a dumpster fire, to be completely honest. Uh, the Oakland Raiders against the Arizona Cardinals. Um one of the top teams I've seen to stream this week is the Arizona Cardinals defense against the Oakland Raiders. It will be at home in Arizona. Uh, Rosen, I think, could be okay in this game. If you're desperate for a streaming option, I don't like either quarterback, to be completely honest. Really, the only person, uh, two, maybe three people I like in this game. Uh, David Johnson should run all over the non-existent Oakland Raiders defense. Larry Fitzgerald should have an okay game against the Oakland uh, Raiders defense. And Christian Kirk, I believe, is possibly flexworthy, is flexworthy in deeper leagues. Um, Larry Fitzgerald could finish wide receiver three, wide receiver two numbers, depending on how they use him and depending on how much they just give the ball to David Johnson. Uh, I do not like any R Oakland Raiders in this game except Jalen Richard in PPR leagues. I think he is the only usable player at all for the Oakland Raiders. Um, maybe Jared Cook. Uh, Jared Cook uh, for, has uh, actually fallen off a little bit l lately as well. So um, let me, whoops, let me actually see, pull him up real quick. Jared Cook's stats uh, over the last few weeks. Well, Okay, so last couple weeks he's actually been okay. Four, four catches on five targets for 74 and a TD three weeks ago against Indianapolis, against San Francisco, two catches for 20 yards. Last week against the Chargers was four catches for 52 yards on nine targets. So he's getting the target share for the most part. Um, but, you know, against Arizona, that may be the only option that they have um, is Jared Cook at this point. So... Jared Cook is, you know, he'll be in the kind of that tight end one conversation. Uh, moving on. We've only got a few more games left. Denver at the Chargers. Uh, I like the Chargers to, you know, kind of steamroll the Broncos at this point. Uh, I'm not starting. So starting with the Denver Broncos, I'm not starting Case Keenum. Phillip Lindsay has been a tight or has been a running back on the edge of running back one for most of the year, kind of on that high-end running back two. Royce Freeman is supposed to be back this week, so that's going to basically eliminate Devontae Booker from any relevance. I believe it takes a little bit away from Philip Lindsay. However, Philip Lindsay was getting a fair share um, of, of runs even when Royce Freeman was healthy. So 
Um, I do believe this kind of pulls back on Lindsay's on Lindsay's productivity a little bit. Um, as far as the receivers go, Emmanuel Sanders is going to get his. He is the top target for Case Keenum this year, even when Demarius Thomas was there. Emmanuel Sanders in PPR leagues, I believe, is a top 10, kind of that 10 to 12 wide receiver. Cortland Sutton possibly will be getting more, a little more work um, as he's you know getting a little more starting time in uh, taking over for Demarius Thomas. And Jeff Hireman, this one is kind of a, again, he hadn't been targeted hardly at all for most of the season. Denver Broncos have not been great about targeting their tight ends. Last, and then just the week before the, the bye in week nine, yeah, week nine he goes, like, was it 10 catches for 80-some yards and a touchdown? We will see if he gets that kind of usage. If you're kind of desperate for the tight end streamer, Hireman may be an option for you. Um, as far as the um, Chargers go, you're starting Phillip Rivers. You're starting Melvin Gordon. Austin Eckler was a big, you know, was pretty darn productive, was a top 20 running back through the first half of the season. And on the last last three, two or three weeks, basically since the since their bye week, uh, Melvin Gordon has officially gotten healthy, healthy, and Austin Eckler has like 50, you know, 50 or 60 total yards um, over the last couple of weeks. So I am straight, kind of shading away from Austin Eckler, holding on to him in case there's an injury to Melvin Gordon. He will be, kind of move up into that, you know, back end, or top end uh, running back two if something happens to Gordon. Uh, Keenan Allen is uh, is getting more target share. He's actually been getting into the end zone, so that's good. Tyrell Williams, I talked about this. He is only getting four receptions a game. That's the most he's gotten all season. So he's a boomer bust wide receiver three. It's the only way to put it. Um, other than that, I don't, you know, Gates and Green aren't hardly getting used. Basically, everything's running through Melvin Gordon, and then Phillip Rivers is throwing the ball uh, to Keenan Allen in the slot, and every once in a while taking deep shots to Tyra Williams and Mike Williams. That's basically how the Chargers offense goes. Those are the guys that you want, Rivers, Gordon, and Allen. And if you're desperate uh, and you want to take the chance on Tyra Williams, go that direction. All right, Philadelphia at New Orleans. This could be a real shootout. Uh, Carson Wentz, you're going to start. Uh, as far as the running game goes for Philadelphia, I, I would kind of stay away a little bit. Josh Adams, I would want on my bench um, to kind of see where it goes. But New Orleans has been very tough against the, uh, against the run over the last eight weeks on this eight-game winning streak that they've been on. Uh, only giving up like three yards a carry, uh, 80 yards a game, something like that in terms of the run game. So uh, Josh Adams may be able to get a little bit going. Really, this is going to be a passing game, especially if New Orleans start, really starts throwing the ball well, moving the ball like they can't, like they do. Really, uh, Philadelphia may be forced to have to throw the ball, so I think Alshon Jeffrey could be in for a big game. Golden Tate, having had the full bye week to get integrated into the offense, could be used a bit uh, in this game in the slot. I think he basically takes over Nelson Aguilar's position. To be completely honest. And then moving down, Zach Ertz is going to get just absolutely pummeled with targets in this game as well. Uh, he is basically the safety valve for Carson Wentz. So as far as New Orleans goes, you start Drew Brees, you start Alvin Kamara. Mark Ingram is a flex option. Michael Thomas is starting. That's it. Ben Watson is a tight end, too, who may get involved in the offense. 
but for the most part, it's those are the guys you start. You just you start the big three in New Orleans with Mark Ingram as the flex play. Uh, second to last game, or this last game we'll cover tonight. We'll cover the Monday night game uh, on Sunday night show. Uh, the Sunday night football game, uh, Minnesota visiting the Bears. This, I mean, this is going to be a divisional rivalry. Really, should be a good game. The Chicago Bears defense, especially at home, has been really, really tough. However, that being said, I still think that Kirk Cousins is a back-end quarterback one in this game. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I think, will get a fair share of work in this game. I'm putting him about 75 yards, maybe getting into the end zone. Uh, as far as the receivers go, Adam Thielen, you are going to start him. He's the number one receiver, even after his bye week, is still the number one wide receiver in fantasy football. You're going to keep playing him. Um, I still think that he gets targeted a lot because he runs most of his most of his routes from the slot. He is the safety valve for Kirk Cousins. And while he may not finish with a whole bunch of yards, he may not even get into the end zone. He is going to get targeted a lot, and therefore may end up getting it. May end up getting his hundred yards again just because of the target share. I think he will get in this game. Stephon Diggs is also he's on that wide receiver two spot, uh, and Kyle Rudolph is a uh, high end tight end two, back end tight end one, uh, especially going up against this tough defense. Um, the Bears, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I believe it was Brad Evans that pointed this out. I want to make sure I give credit where credit is due. I believe um, since week, what was it, four or five? Maybe it was week three. Uh, Mitch Trubisky is the number one quarterback in fantasy, not Patrick Mahomes. Since like week three or four, five, you know, maybe it's five. Since then, Mitch Trubisky is the number one quarterback in fantasy. I think he continues that this week um, and could be, you know, could throw the ball all over the place. Uh, he's going to throw the ball out of the backfield to Tariq Cohen. So Tariq Cohen is definitely a, um, I believe in my league, he's uh, running back 13, 12, 13. Uh, so he's definitely a must start. Uh, Jordan Howard is a running back two who could get into the end zone. He's kind of a tight end or sorry. Not tenant. He is uh, touchdown dependent. Allen Robinson uh, should get a, a decent amount of work. And Anthony Miller, I believe, is a, a bit of a deep threat who could also be flex-worthy, kind of boomer bust flex play. Trey Burton is a back to mid end, back end to mid tight end one who should get a, a fair amount of yards in this game, should get targeted. Again, this has been kind of a high-flying offense uh, thanks to the uh, the, the Nagy uh, offense, you know, with him being the offensive coordinator. So uh, that is all I've got for you guys tonight. I hope that uh, uh, I didn't pummel you too much with the uh, um, with the information. Trying to keep this high energy. Uh, I want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrud. Good luck this week, you guys. Look forward to talking to you on Sunday night, and hope uh, you guys have a great week this week. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.
I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive Rate Shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate Shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. 